Welcome to Igros Moshe A to Z, where we look at three to vote of Rav Moshe Feinstein each week, going through the alphabet A to Z, following a different theme each week. This week we're doing A for America, and the tshuva we are going to look at is from the second volume of Choshen Mishpat, number 68, and it's dated 1981. And the topic of the tshuva, um, as is written at the top of the tshuva, is Binyan Onish Mita, relating to the death penalty. So what's this tshuva about? It seems that somebody solicited Rav Moshe's opinion of what is the Jewish approach, the Torah approach to the death penalty. And Rav Moshe addresses it to, he doesn't say who it is, ma'alat kvot sar ha-medina ha-nechbad v'achaviv aleinu ma'od. Okay, to the, his honor, a officer of the government, which is very dear and beloved to us, against his warmth feeling towards America. But who is this officer of the government? Nobody knows for sure, but the general consensus is, is that he was responding to Hugh Carey, who was the governor of New York. He was the governor in 1981, and he was known in particular for resisting conservative legislators who wanted to reinstate the death penalty in New York. And it makes sense that the question of the death penalty would be asked by an official or by the governor um, of the state. Also interesting is that the tshuva is dated Purim. Now, if anybody thinks about Purim and the death penalty, at least for me, something that comes to mind is that is probably one of the bloodiest scenes in Tanakh where the Jews are wiping out the, their non-Jewish enemies. It's, a, you know, even not in the immediate, doesn't seem like it's in the immediate context of their life being at risk. Maybe we could frame it in that way in some way, but it certainly is a bloody backdrop to this tshuva. And nonetheless, and maybe not surprisingly, uh, the tshuva is one which is very limiting of when it would ever be appropriate to use the death penalty. Now, before jumping into the discussion, Rav Moshe also expresses gratitude that here is, let's assume the governor, here's a major government official that is interested in knowing what is the Torah approach, right? Again, if we think of the contrast to that in Soviet Russia where, you know, religion was being stamped out, here is somebody that wants to know, to inform policy what the religious approach is. And Rav Moshe adds not just the Jewish approach or the Torah's approach, but he says specifically, Das Torah she'nitna me'ashemit barach ayidei Moshe Rabbeinu with b'habeyur b'Torah she'abal peh. And then he speaks about poskim and achronim and so on. Because you could ask a Christian for what is the Bible's approach, and you could ask another Jewish thinker for the Torah's approach, but it's not the Torah she'abal peh approach. So the very fact that you want to know, like, the authentic Torah approach, um, and then he ends the paragraph by saying, so you should be blessed for caring enough to know the Torah approach, and number two, you should be blessed by God because of the trust you put in me, the trust you put in me that I will give you the proper answer of the Torah's approach. Now, Moshe is not one to pat himself on the back. I can only imagine that the point he's making is, if somebody wants to do a Jewish approach, let's ask a reform rabbi, let's ask a conservative rabbi, right? And the fact that you want to hear the authentic Torah approach and you're turning to me, Rav Moshe Feinstein, that says a lot. Now, what does he answer? Well, if I had a guess before reading the tshuva, what would somebody, what would like a from response be to the attitude towards the death penalty? The first thing I would go to is how the application of it is extremely narrow with all of the requirements, witnesses and warning and how much the cross-examining and so on. Rav Moshe gets to that. But interestingly, he starts somewhere else completely. And he first starts by saying, 
who gets the death penalty in the Torah? For what sins or crimes, you know, in a secular context, is the death penalty given? And he frames it in a very interesting way. He says the death penalty is only for people that do such horrific acts that they are a, a danger to the larger society. Specifically, what he mentions is murder, certain types of theft, he's talking about kidnapping, and Avodah Zara, interestingly, because he says once these types of people are mufker lasos, they'll do whatever they want, they, have, they, they don't operate within any sense of uh, constraints, and they are a threat to society. So question number one is, why is he saying that? We can all think of a lot of uh, things that you get you know, the death penalty for that are not in that category. Uh, violating Shabbos, uh, adultery, uh, certain, a lot of mundane things that people sadly you know, do at a regular basis that are not a major threat to society. That's question number one. We'll get back to that in a second. Then he says, what is the purpose of the death penalty in the Torah? Like, and why is he speculating on that and why is that relevant? But here's what he says. The purpose of the death penalty is not justice, not to mete out justice, certainly not to, out of a sense of hatred towards the people who did the sin. It is not for desire to, to remove dangerous people from society, which is what you totally would have thought based on how he frames what are the sins that get the death penalty. So what is it about? Rav Moshe says it is about being educational and preventative. It is that if people see that there's a death penalty associated with certain things, then they will know how weighty and terrible they are and they won't do them. I'll just read one line from this. He says, It's not because of hatred. Or for concern that you have to get, you know, to protect society. But rather it is, People should know and they shouldn't transgress. Of course, it's also working to protect society. Why is it more important to speak about the educational and the preventative rather than the, the sense of protecting society by removing these people or the sense of justice? And I think that the answer is, I really don't know, but I think that the answer is that he wants to move away from what very well might be a Christian perspective. He is working that the Torah should not be framed in this type of angry, God, justice, eye for an eye, all of that isn't relevant. Even the sense of justice, even the sense of ridding society seems a little harsh or might play into a harsh narrative of what Torah and Judaism is about. And therefore he says, we, it is only about educational, preventative, and ultimately, if that's what it's about, then you never really have to enact it if it's serving its purpose. And that it might be the other reason why he is saying it, because he's now going to go on and explain how the application has been extremely narrow. So what good is a death penalty if the application is narrow? So he has laid the groundwork for an answer because if its purpose is educational and preventative, it could serve that purpose maybe without ever being acted upon. So then he shifts to say, side by side with the death penalty, of course, is the value of every life. Chashivut shel kol nefesh. And as a result of that value, he points out about how hard it was to ever apply the death penalty. Starts not where I think a yeshiva guy would start, oh, you need two witnesses seeing it at the exact same time and giving warning, he gets to that. But he also starts about the makeup of the Basin. You need a Sanhedrin, you need 23, you need people of the highest moral level, you need people that are compassionate. Nobody, God forbid, should be acting out of anger. Again, really moving away from that narrative of like angry and punishment. And he says part of the reason of the size of the Sanhedrin and having rows and rows of students is to protect against, God forbid, ever accidentally condemning an innocent man.
man. And then, of course, he goes on to say it cannot be based on anything other than direct testimony. You have to know that the witnesses are totally telling the truth. You have to warn them about how terrible it would be to lie. Certainly, it would not accept the testimony of a witness who was told that he'd be let off of some other punishment if he were to testify. All of these things, of course, mean that it would be impossible to go ahead and to apply these rules within the American context. What is fascinating about this and about his emphasis on procedure is that one of the critiques of the death penalty, besides for those that oppose the death penalty, the critique that it's inherently inhumane, one of the critiques is that the, in application, it tends to be extremely unjust. And in terms of you know what races of people get the death penalty, how it actually is applied, and in a way, that is really what Rav Moshe is addressing. Now, what's particularly fascinating is that this is all the Torah system for Jews. And the Torah does have a system for non-Jews. It's known as Dine B'nai Noach, okay, the Noachide laws. But in the Noachide laws, none of these apply. In the Noachide laws, you can have a single judge, you can have testimony, uh, hearsay evidence, circumstantial evidence. You don't need all these requirements for the, for the judges. None of this really applies in Dine B'nai Noach. And actually, in Noachide law, sometimes even minor sins, you know, stealing a, a dollar you know, is deserving of the death penalty. So what's he thinking. I mean, obviously that what the Torah system for Jews describes for him, the values of human life and protecting society and figuring out that right balance, educating, preventative, and so on. But isn't the Torah telling you a different set of values for non-Jews? But here, of course, if you were to say that, what is the message? Non-Jewish life doesn't matter as much? Like, how do we relate to that reality? Um, and as you know, we've seen, it's certainly not a message Rav Moshe wants to be sending to anyone in terms of that. So I don't know the answer. If I would have to guess, I would say that Rav Moshe would probably say that the Noahide laws, you have the latitude to create the system as you will. You don't have all of these requirements. You're free to create a system that operates with very, very broad parameters. But if you were to do it right, you would model your Noahide, your non-Jewish society after the Torah system, which is a full embodiment of the values of the Torah and the primacy we give to human life and how much we need to protect that even side by side of the existence of the death penalty. Now, Rav Moshe then goes to describe a, a, something historical, which one might want to, uh, qu you know, could question. He says, since we, according to the system of the Torah, don't judge Dine Nefashos after there's no Sanhedrin and the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, he says, even when we were given permission from the secular authorities to do so, we never employed the death penalty. Uh, I'm not a historian, but uh, from my understanding, that is not 100% correct. Maybe it's largely correct, but there were times that Jews actually did uh, do that for their own self-governance. Um, and then he says, and in any Anyway, we didn't really need it because Jews were never murderers and so on. And therefore, you didn't really need the death penalty because remember, for him, the death penalty is preventative. So if you have a society that is based on the right values and education, then there's no need for that. And I think part of the 
message that Rav Moshe is trying to communicate is how do we get those values and that education into the broader society, and that should be our focus rather than you know, the death penalty itself and what that says about human life. And the key phrase here is, why were, was the Jewish community raised in a way in which we have never really had a problem with murderers? Because, he says, they were, we were educated on the Torah and the punishments communicated the message of, you know, the weight of the prohibition. And he says it's not because It's not that they were practically afraid, oh my God, I can't do this because I'm going to be put to death. It's because the fact that it's on the books as a death penalty, what that communicates in terms of values and education. And I really think that his message is, how do we work on that in society, rather than focusing on the death penalty and actually applying the death penalty and the loss of life that would result and possibly the unjust loss of life that would result. Uh, the last point that Rav Moshe makes is he acknowledges that sometimes outside of formal death penalty, the basin would operate in ways that they felt necessary in order to protect the society. He ends by saying that this is not a blanket rule, that there are exceptions. And sometimes there are some people that are so wicked that you have to make an exception for. And we know this principle, the Gemara, Kippa, et cetera, sometimes you would operate outside the formal rules of the death penalty. So then Rav Moshe goes on to say, while this is the general rule, there are exceptions. There are exceptional cases. And what are the exceptional cases? Number one, somebody who is particularly wicked and is a true threat to society. And number two, if it's, you're living in a generation in which issues of like murder and whatever are taken very lightly. In those types of cases, the basin would act away, and the subtext is you might have to act in a certain way that addresses those exceptional cases, but that is not the rule. Of course, the irony is that we're all reminded of the Gemara that says that when Yisrabu Rotzchin Israel, when there were a lot of murderers at the end of the Second Temple period, that's when they stopped judging Dine Nefashos. But Rav Moshe might read that as saying they stopped judging it in terms of the formal way, maybe they took care of it in other ways. And he doesn't say, in those cases, you would apply the death penalty, but he says you would probably need to use more extreme measures to deal with that. So very fascinating in terms of how he's shaping when the Torah applies it, why the Torah applies it, the focus on education, which was a major priority for Rav Moshe, ignoring the differences between the laws of, for Jews and the laws for non-Jews, and at the end, though, focusing on procedural issues, which is major, and in the end, allowing for the fact that there could be exceptions. And he ends by saying, I, am, I will sign with a blessing that you, you should lead the country, but I think here it means the state, with righteousness and probity, and with the right, proper sense of justice. And your name should be elevated in all of our states, in, all, in the entire United States. Um, and I love the phrase, Medina Tenu. Uh, and again, here you have Rav Moshe identifying as this is my country. And fascinating to know that Rav Moshe was consulted on very weighty issues such as the death penalty. Tune in next week when we move from the letter A to the letter B. And our theme will be birth control. Thanks for listening to Igris Moshe A to Z with Rabbi Dov Linzer. This podcast is brought to you three times a week by Shivat Chovevei Torah. 
Don't forget to subscribe and check out ycturret.org to learn more.